ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, and my patron peeps, uh, uh, what up? I don't normally, I, I, we're doing this special thing. Uh, it can, I can't release it to even patrons. It's over at sleepwithmepodcast.com slash podpack. And all the proceeds are going to charity. There is an episode of Sleep With Me Styles, Game of Thrones episode. This is a uh, 10 Game of Thrones podcast. I'll do a one-off episode. And uh, uh, part of the proceeds from the entire podpack are going to the charity, to the ACLU. And then any proceeds I get are going to a local shelter here in Alameda. Uh, so if you want to check that out uh, and think about supporting it, if you like uh, Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones podcast, check it out, patrons. It's just an option, but I wanted, I knew you wouldn't hear it on the show. And uh, it's going to do, do two, two causes uh, that you could check out and see if, if you agree with uh, their missions and think about donating, and especially if you love Game of Thrones. Thanks. Hey, are you only tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast. It's here to put you to sleep. We do it's a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to do is try to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts... Uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, you know, changes in routine, life events, weather, uh, anything, you know, uh, laundry, laundry, laundromats, laundry lines, laundry lists, uh, maybe you're still, maybe you're still, like, maybe you have, uh, like, overstarched shirts, uh, also alliteration. I've alliterated my like. Uh, I've tried to launder launder my alliteration. Actually, they accused me of that. They said I was laundering words uh, to alliterate, and I said I am. I, I am. I be. I do. Love to launder uh, in order to alliterate, uh, and also I like to change alliterate uh, alliterate so I can alliterate it with laundry. Literally, that was low. I'm not sure what, it, anyway. It, oh, so you're new here. Well, okay, uh, I'm going to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. And the way I'm going to do that, I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use these crawl, cr- crawling, creaky, dulcet tones, uh, which aren't for everybody. I'll just say that right up front. Uh, uh, but give them, a, give them a try. I'm going to send them across the deep, dark night. And we try to keep you company. And tonight I'll be talking about Game of Thrones uh, for a while uh, to keep you company, to take your mind off of stuff. And, and believe me, it'll be a meandering, uh, like a version where I say, hmm, oh, what about that over there? Uh, well, you know, Bravos. Do they use Brave and Bravos? Who put the Brave and Bravos? Who put the Bravo and Bravo, Bravos and Bravo? And one time I was at a tapas place. I ordered potatoes bravura, I believe. Uh, so, so that's some stuff that that I could do. I won't do that tonight, but that's something I did, just did. But I'm gonna try to take your mind off. So, if you're new, let me give you a little structure for the Game of Thrones in all our episodes. First, five or six minutes of podcast is business, since it's a sleep podcast, and that includes a welcome, the credits, and any like the way we keep the show free. So sponsors and listener support. 
and all our archives free. So if, if Game of Thrones is in your cup of tea, Tuesday and Thursday we have uh, story-based episodes. And then we have over 550 free archived episodes in our RSS feed that you can find in your podcatching app. So if you're new, that's the first five or six minutes. Then we have an intro, which I've just started, or I started a little while ago. Those are ideally around 12 minutes. Uh, and that's me rambling, trying to explain the podcast and not doing like, do, you know, going off on tangents, getting distracted, indulging in alliteration, changing words, mishandling words. You know, I said like almost like a short order cook. Uh, like I said, how'd you want, how did you want that, uh, that word? You want it over easy? Oh boy. It's, it's over. You wanted it over medium, right? Yeah. Uh, Sally, I don't understand when you say, like, I don't understand the diner terms. This is my first day. So when you say squeegee me those potatoes uh, with a lemon five, I don't know what that means. I don't know the diner codes. Oh, my, oh, I'm doing a podcast. I'm not a short order cook. Sorry about that. So sorry, new listeners. Uh, oh, also, that's another technique I use. It's something similar to humor, but not as humorous. Uh, I use that. Uh, Uncomfortable, comfortably, comfortable, uncomfortable silences that feel comfortable. Uh, that's what I attempt to do. So, if you're new here, that's the structure of the beginning of the show. After the intro, I'll talk about a Game of Thrones uh, episode. Then I'll talk about any facts or stuff that came up. Uh, then we'll have a visit from Tom and Sir Pounce. Then we'll talk to the old gods and the new, and then I'll say some thank yous. So pretty long uh, episode. You can fall asleep whenever you want. You don't need to listen. The whole idea is uh, it, it kind of distracts you, but it doesn't. it's not so interesting. You say, well, he's really talking about those. He, he's going to go back to that Bravos jokes, isn't he? And he's going to wonder, was it potatoes bravura? And then he's going to, like you said, B-R-A, he's like, where does the V, the U, and the E, and the A go in bravura? Uh, potatoes bravos, I, I would eat that. Uh, also, what's a cockle? I hear a cockle shell. And like, what is a cockle? Is it like, a, is it, a, okay, because is it a bivalve or is it a shellfish? Because that would be important for me because I don't, uh, I'm allergic to shellfish. So if you're a new listener, I'll be here to keep you company. That's the main message, uh, and you don't need to listen. So, and also, you should, there's no pressure to fall asleep. Sorry, I don't want to overwhelm you with shoulds, because uh, there really isn't any. But it, like, uh, there's no pressure to fall asleep because I'll be here like like an over an hour to keep you company. And I guess I'm still like the cockles. I really like that. I don't think, so I think I've probably done, I don't know, 560 something episodes when I'm recording this. I don't know if you've used the word cockle before. And I don't know why I haven't. I mean, well, one, I don't know what a cockle is. I assume it's, I've heard cockle shell. Like I already said, I already said that too. And I kind of picture it like a, like a diamond, no, no, star-like circular shell that I've only seen in movies and TV. Usually it's in like a Dickensian situation. And then I've heard cockles, uh, and yes, no, 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 it's much different. Hold on, Milton fans. Is that Milton? No, no, it's not Milton that did, uh, that loved cuckolds. It's the other one that's not Shakespeare, that whose name should be right at the top of my head, but, uh, 
I don't, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, it, my mind's drawing a blank, so I should probably move it. My, actually, this, the strange thing is I love the word cockles. My brain's full of cackling cockles, but not the intimidating kind of cackle, cackling cockle. Cackle, they're cuckold cockles, and they're cackling in my brain. Yeah, how did I not make that association? Catholic cuckold cockles, cackle. Consistently, uh, contrary. You're right. Contrary. When did this become a uh, tongue twister cast? Uh, I got I got cackled into this. Uh, now I feel like a contrarian Catholic cackled cackle shells, cackle consistent constantly. You're well. That neither one of those works, but that's like the closest we're gonna get. Could we, could we fit capricious in there? Would that work? No. Okay, what can I get? Can I get back to you, Cockles? Can I get back to you later? Okay, I'll be back. Uh, sorry, sorry, listeners, I got distracted by the those things in my brain. Suddenly, they're, they've decided that they're a what? What is it like a coven of cackles? Uh, there's a book title. Yeah, accidentally, not only how about that? You say uh, if this podcast doesn't work for you. Where else are you going to get that? You're going to get it like 48% of a tongue twister. You could complete the rest tomorrow and impress people at work. And they say, geez, geez, Jim, I've never heard a ca- cackled based. Uh, I've never heard a tongue twister with ca- ca- cockles in it. Uh, so timely with last night's G- Game of Thrones with all the cockle shells uh, that were in the background of that one scene. Well, I didn't even see him. I just, I guess it was in my subconscious. Uh, you don't even have to give me credit, you know, because, uh, and then what was the other thing I thought I did that was just impressive? It was a tongue twister. And then I forgot the other one. I thought I came up with two new things. Uh, when I tried to move on from the cackle, the cackle, that, uh, oh, a coven of cockles, uh, uh, that, that's, uh. So that would be like a, a bivalve uh, uh, magic users, or uh, couldn't be a coven of cockle shells. So it could be co- it could be uh, like a cauldron of co- that would just be a soup, a, co- a cauldron of cockle. Now, now I've tongue twisted myself, but uh, could be a book title, or yeah, like a booyah base. Uh, would you have in front? Well, we we ate this uh, Halloween themed restaurant called uh, the Cauldron of ca- ca- Cackling. Oh, because covens do cackle. That's what they're most famous for. Oh, cockles. I couldn't think of it. Uh, anyway, so if you're new, uh, I apologize. I uh, like I uh, rarely get uh, this. Actually, every intro I get this distracted. By the way, sorry, but uh, this is just what happens. This is how my brain functions. Or, you know, in a clinical setting, malfunctions. Or uh, they say, hmm, that's interesting. That's usually what they say. They say, oh, another misfire in my brain. They bust it. They say, hmm, let me write that down there. Also, just in case, clinicians, if you if you really are under, like, uh, even when you're behind those slide, those uh, one-way mirrors, I can hear your pencils. Just so you, just so you know, like, because if like there's a whole team of you in there writing notes. Uh, simultaneously about cock cackles cockles 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 uh i can hear you writing 
even through the podcast, but that's fine. Uh, bill me. <laughs> yeah, but go ahead and bill me. Um, so if you're new here, welcome. I'm glad you're here. This podcast doesn't work for everybody. Most reviewers, uh, most people that come to listen to the show are skeptical. Why wouldn't you be? It's a podcast to put you to sleep. It was a weird thing. But, uh, you know, I've been there sleepless. So I, I, I tell these silly stories. I do these recaps uh, with superfluous words uh, to take your mind off stuff and keep you company. So I'll be here. So give the show a few tries. I hope it works for you because, you know, I know how it feels. I, I believe you deserve a good night's sleep, uh, and I hope the show can help you achieve that. And that's why I say at the end of every opening, I'm glad you're here, and I really hope I really earn. I work very hard because uh, I hope I can help you fall asleep. Thanks for coming by. All right, here we are, everybody, talking about the season finale, season seven finale. I already hear episode seven of Game of Thrones. Uh, the lion, the dragon, the, uh, the lion. I don't think there's a lion or a wardrobe in this. The wolf and the dragon, or the dragon and the wolf, I think it's called. Yeah, the dragon and the wolf. Uh, I don't know if they decided against wolf pack. Uh, yeah, because uh, there was only one part of the episode. But uh, so uh, we're going to have one more episode this season, which uh, like a season recap. Also, make sure to check out that pod pack, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash pod pack. Uh, yeah, this one opens with Grey Worm's helm. I knew it was his helm. I mean, I was hoping it was his helm. Uh, and a bunch of the unsullied. We see Grey Worm staring. I did put, how did they get the camera to move like that? Is that a, Were they on a boom pole? Or not a boom pole. I guess it would have been like a rig, like a camera. What are those things called? I don't know. but. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm watching it now. It goes up and and out a little bit. Uh, what do they call those? Like a crane, I guess. Uh, crane shots. We see legions and legions of unsullied uh, standing at attention, lined up, disciplined, quiet, and they're all outside the Red Keep uh, uh, standing. Then we go to the Red Keep. We've got some Lannister flags flying. And Lannister soldiers and the bronze like checking in on the ramparts. We watch Bron gallantly walking. And they're getting some pitch ready. First, they said, what is that, water? Is that dragon fire or wildfire? No, it's pitch. Uh, Bron says, how many barrels? They say 500. She says, give 500 more. No problem, my lord. And uh, let's see, Brian and Jamie then stand on the ramparts. Brian says, I'll, 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 never, I'll always enjoy them calling me Lord. And Jamie says, yeah, that's going to fade. And then they ca- talk about why uh, people choose to like get involved in these things, uh, these battles. Is it gold? Is it uh, sweet, sweet love? Or is it family? Or is it, uh, like, I guess they do kind of touch on male parts, uh, like, I don't know. And it's a little bit of a comedic uh, thing, because he does say, well, maybe it's family. And uh, Brian says, well, no, the Unsullied don't have, they can't make a family. And he says, well, Jamie says, well, then he says, well, your brother's on that side. And Jamie says, yeah, he loves the downtrodden. And then the trumpet comes in, and all the Dothraki come in, and then Bronn's like, well, it looks like we might be the downtrodden now. And there was a horn heralding their ride in. I think we're about to be downtrodden, that's what he says. 
And we get a nice shot, shot of the Red Keep and the fleet and then Khaleesi's ships. Uh, uh, Tyrion, uh, John, and Davos are on the ship. Uh, and J- John's like, well, how many people live here? And like a million. He's like, why would anybody live here? Tyrion's like, well, jobs and brothels are both uh, a lot of jobs and uh, brothels. Uh, bro- brothels are much better. Then the hound it goes below deck and checks the package they're delivering. Then we have Circe and Clyburn, uh, and she just is like, "Where is she?" And she's asking this to Jamie, who's watching. Um, yeah, Sir Gregor's there. They're getting ready to go wait for the Khaleesi because uh, Khaleesi's not with uh, on the boat. And then, uh, this is at 9.20, I think, uh, yeah, uh, Cersei, Cersei says, uh, come, Sir Gregor. And Sir Gregor kind of does a fancy move to hold the uh, hilt of his sword. He does, uh, he moves his arm from his chest to, to the hilt of his sword. And then we're in King's Landing. We hear it not, oh, this is like, I could have sworn I heard a donkey calling. And then we see Khaleesi's crew walking over to the dragon pits. And, uh, what's a dragon pit for? And, uh, uh, who is it? Jorah says, well, dragons don't know the difference between what's theirs and what's everybody else's. So, uh, being in a city, they just think everything's theirs. And it seems like it was a huge, old, huge domed uh, thing to keep the dragons inside. But now it's kind of like a big amphitheater. And then they encounter Bronn and the Lannister soldiers, uh, like as they're talking about, uh, let's see, where are we? A donkey call, yeah, Brown and Lannisters, and then Podrick and Brienne are with me. Say, hey, your friends are here, and the Hound and Brienne share, exchange a look, and the Lannister soldiers step out of the way. Tyrion tells the Dothraki, "Keep it cool, bro. You know, no trouble. I know you're glaring at these Lannisters." Uh, Davos is looking pensive, uh, Hound is looking cold. Padraic says, hey, what's up, Tyrion? Good to see you. He says, yeah, worst case scenario, best case to see you. And they say, yeah, we're on different sides. How about the hat? Uh, and they say, no, well, no, we're on the same side. Remember, Scoots? And I say, oh, yeah, you're right. And then Bron says, I'm on the other side. Let's move it. Uh, then we see the package getting delivered. The hound says, stay away from the box, man, to some Green Lannister soldier. And he looks at Brienne. They fall into step together. Brienne says, uh, what's up? Thought you were gone. He goes, yeah, not yet, but you got pretty close to it. Uh, closer than anybody. She goes, yeah, I was just trying to protect the, the Arya. And Hound goes, yeah, me too. And she goes, by the way, Arya's doing good. And Hound's like, oh boy, really great. Uh, where's she at? They say Winterfell. And Hound says, well, who's keeping her safe if you're here? And she says, uh, Arya's now a total badass. Uh, you didn't get the memo. You didn't get Raven call. Nobody gets in her way. And they both kind of share a grin. Because the Hound says, yeah, I don't want to be in her way. Uh, then Bron, Fod, and uh, Tyrion catch up. A lot, of, a lot of discussions in this one. They say, hey, heroes of the Blackwater Bay. Varys is just listening in, laughing. Because uh, uh, Tyrion says, what are the odds of getting you on our side, Bron? And Bron says, well, just stick around for this episode, man. But no, I'm on Cersei. He doesn't know Cersei doesn't like him. But uh, 
He says, uh, oh, they don't know he wants a castle. I thought they were going to finish up the castle joke. Uh, so this dialogue was a little strange because Bronn's bragging that he set all this up uh, when really he just made Cersei dislike him. And he goes, yeah, it delivered you right where you're supposed to, all of you. And they go, well, oh, boy, is this foreshadowing? And this is what a lot of people thought going into the episode. Uh, but, yeah, it turns out it was not. Varys doesn't have a lot of lines, uh, but he has a lot of good looks. Uh, you could watch this uh, Dragon Pit scene, and you know, a thousand times and uh, to see different acting nuances. Uh, but the hound has the donkey, so I guess they did hear donkey, uh, like, because uh, that's what he has the package on, and the hound says, nobody go near this package. And then everybody walks in the dragon, so Tyrion's at the lead, looking pensive, definitely. Uh, and we see this coliseum-like uh, room uh, where the dragons, uh, like, uh, became small again. And there seems to be like an underground thing, which kind of plays out weird with the hound, but we won't, we're not here to um, worry about whatever they call that uh, continuity. And Brown, sh- Brown shows him the way. He says, hey, Patrick, let's hit the road, you and I, while the fancy people talk. Uh, but yeah, everybody spreads out. They're on this like uh, platform in the middle with like uh, three meeting tents kind of. And everybody's looking around like, is this like, is, is there some sort of trickery? Uh, w- what's going on? You know, what should we do? Uh, Patrick and Bron head out. Uh, uh, Jon Snow looks around. A lot of looking, a lot of thinking. Not a lot of dialogue here. Sir Jorah now, he looks over. Really build, uh, building attention. Jorah's got on some new duds, too. He looks sharp. Uh, a lot of scanning, a lot of painting. I guess this was really difficult to shoot. Some birds. Uh, Hound says, I don't like the city, Tyrion. Am I going to be stuck here? And Tyrion says, maybe. I hope not. Uh, and uh, he says, how come I always get stuck with these bad Lannister ideas? And Tyrion says, yeah, there's always a Clegane next to a Lannister. Then we see uh, another Clegane and a Lannister and Euron. And Jamie and another Lannister, and then uh, Clyburn and Cersei and her crew walk in with like, uh, like I put something about Sith, like, uh, like, uh, like they're not uh, gold cloaks anymore, they're black cloaks. Though we did see gold cloaks, so there's still gold cloaks, but these are new uh, soldiers, uh, and you know, dictatorial, dictatorial ones, uh. Euron and uh, Theon share look, so Euron just laughs. And everyone sits down, all the fancy people, and the hound sees uh, the mountain, and he rolls up on him. And they kind of just have a strange, quiet exchange. You know, mountain doesn't talk. The hound says, you do. Are you my brother? You know who I am? The hound doesn't talk. He goes, yeah, you do. He goes, you're not looking great, man. You look worse than me. He goes, what happened? And he goes, never mind. And then he codes it. He says, uh, you and I uh, you know the, what's gonna, what's coming. And I don't know if he means Arya or something else, because uh, he, he says, you've always known, uh, which was interesting. And then the hound walks away. I'm surprised they let them do that. But then the hound goes down the stairs. And then Cersei starts getting past her dresses. She's like, where is she? And she goes, uh... Well, she's, she's coming. She goes, oh, she doesn't travel with you. 
kind of rolls her eyes. It looks over, side-eyes Brienne, who side-eyes Jamie, who side-eyes her, who side-eyes Circe. Then uh, Circe looks at Jamie. Then Drogon and the Khaleesi roll in, and everybody's impressed. Circe uh, actually looks worried, uh, though, as we see this play out. Uh, she's not concerned, but Drogon does some, you know, like a lot of yelling and a lot of flying. And it was like very cool that the Khaleesi steps off as, uh, I don't know. I thought, yeah, Circe looked like, uh, oh boy. But, uh, in the end, she's, uh, she's just like processing. Euron looks like, uh, impressed. And I mean, the Khaleesi makes sure it's a dramatic entrance. Uh, and then after she gets off, Drogon goes back to the sky and flies around. And Khaleesi walks up and, uh, yeah, Circe kind of glares, uh, and it, it, let's see what her line is. Very upper class, great line, really, really good line. Uh, and she's like, yeah, we've been sitting here all day waiting for you. We've been here for some time, she says, and Khaleesi's uh, totally cool. She says, oh, my apologies, power uh, dynamics. And then she says, Tyrion, hit it, uh. And Tyrion gets up, and then uh, Euron starts to make fun of really bad timing. He makes fun of Theon, talks to Theon, talks, uh, makes fun of. Uh, uh, why is my mind going blank? Uh, Tyrion, and runs his mouth. Uh, and Tyrion stands up to him. Uh, he's not real flinching at all. He kind of uses uh, Theon, and you know says, "Oh, Jesus! You know, you're just a bully." And uh, then Jamie says, that's enough. And then uh, Circe says, that's enough. Uh, sit down. And even Sir Gregor steps forward and says, yeah, sit down. Yeah, now we don't know if that was like a coded symbol. But I liked how Tyrion did not flinch and uh, was proud of him. Uh, then Tyrion goes out. He goes, yeah, we got this northern problem, uh, sis. Uh, I know none of us like each other. And we've been, been, you know, we can't change the course of human history or whatever history, the Westerosi history. Yeah, but, you know, they, uh, we, we got, uh, st- you know, st- st- we got trouble up to, to capital P, rhymes with ice, and it stands for ice people. I guess it rhymes with rice. Uh, and Circe's like, oh, what do you want us to live in harmony? He goes, no, uh, I just want us to have a truce. And she goes, yeah, truce, a trick truce. And John goes, this is a serious business. Uh, he goes, uh, you can't negotiate or talk your way out of this. Uh, it's up north. Uh, he goes, there's a million people in the city. There'll be a million bad people. And uh, Circe goes, well, that would be a, a vast improvement for the plebs. And John goes, this is not a joking matter. And Circe goes, uh, it is a big joke to me. I don't, I don't believe you're serious. And she goes, I can't believe you're asking for a truce. You're, you're trying to trick me. She goes, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to stand down. I'm not going to, while well, you go on your little hunt uh, for things that go bumpity bump in the night. Uh, she goes, I don't trust anybody. This is my capital. And Khaleesi says, you'll be safe till we deal with the northern threat. You got my word. And she goes, your word's no good. Uh, and Tyrion goes, listen, there's no conversation that's going to fix this. Uh, hound, and the hound rolls up with a uh, crate backpack. Uh, we saw a barrel backpack last two episodes ago. 
and the hound's really struggling. He has to walk up the stairs. He's got a crate backpack, uh, puts it down almost the proper way. He goes all the way to his knees, I guess. Uh, he's pretty tall. And then he does like a really, uh, like a slow reveal. He has to open the both sides of the crates and the top of the crates and really dramatic, uh, Everybody's on edge and also on edge to see how people are going to react. Uh, and he pulls off the top and he's a little clumsy and he backs up. And that really gets uh, Jamie's attention because the hound is like, uh, you could sense the hound's nerves. And then the package doesn't come out. So the hound tips over the box and then the package comes out, but it's chained up like a, it's like a puppy with bad breath that wants to lick everybody. And as like, well, this puppy's cute, but it has awful breath. Uh, and even Cersei seems a little bit, uh, like, like, uh, like, uh, I'm surprised Gregor didn't, uh, move faster with the puppy and say, no kissing with your bad breath. Uh, but then the hound deals with it. And then, uh, um, what's it? Clyburn's interested in uh, one of the, um, he says, let me look at this thing. And he picks it up. John, at least, is smart enough not to let him keep it. Uh, so John takes it from him. And that's a little bit like an infomercial. John and Davos do an infomercial where John says, now, look here. You got an arm of uh, of uh, of uh, jerky. And you got a puppy with bad breath. So Davos and Davos shows. He said, all you got to do is heat up this jerky and give it to the dog. And its breath is fresh. And then he says, or you could use dragon glass to brush your dog's teeth, like charcoal, you know, like that charcoal thing people are doing now. And that'll help the dog's breath. Uh, for 1995, uh, that's all you need to do. Uh, believe it or not, today only. Uh, um, it's really like an infomercial. Uh, one thing I forgot, I liked how John said there was a million people here. It's a factoid. I just saw that in my notes. Uh, yeah, but Clyburn seemed really interested in the arm. And then Cersei's kind of shocked. Her shoulders are even hunched up by her neck. Uh, and she says, how many people do you think? Khaleesi's like, I saw it, 100,000 at least. And Jamie's clearly worried. Oh, Jamie's the one that asks how many. He's like, you got to be kidding me, 100,000? And then I really like this play payoff because Euron goes, I'm out. And it was really bad acting. And I thought, uh, that's really bad acting. That's weird. Uh but, you know, makes sense in the end because uh, he says, I'm going to go back to the Iron Islands and hide out. Uh, and then Cersei makes her first move. Euron, Euron leaves. So then Cersei says, okay, I'm going to call on every Lannister soldier uh, to help. Uh, so she makes move one. Yeah, but she says only if uh, Jon Snow uh, never agrees never to come down here again. Like, I'll make a truce uh, while we go north if uh, Jon Snow permanently has a truce with me. And Jon Snow pulls in Ned Stark. He says, well, I'm pulling in Ned Stark. I already committed to the Khaleesi, so no. Can't do that. It'd be bad for, for my honor. Uh, so she tried to Ned Stark him by getting him to, like, agree. And then he Ned Starks her back because uh, uh, she says, I know Ned Stark's son's good to his word. Uh, and he says, yeah, this is how good I am. I'm Ned Stark good. And I, bended the, bent, I bent the knee when I was in bed. I bent my knee in bed, but I did bend it uh, to the Khaleesi. 
And so Cersei makes move two. She, or maybe that has move three. She says, you know what? I'm out then. Forget it. Forget the whole thing. Uh, forget the whole idea. I'm not helping and uh, I'm not trucing. And everybody's a little shocked here. They shouldn't be surprised. Like uh, Davos, uh, Khaleesi, Tyrion, Varys. Uh, and so Cersei leaves. Bran says, Jamie, what the heck? Uh, like, uh, and Jamie says, what do you want me to do? It's my wife's sister. And she says, talk to her. This isn't about loyalty. This is about, uh, and Jamie says, oh, Brian, you're made. And Cersei's looking back at us. And so then we get a few minutes of nobody being happy with John and trying to be like, okay, you, well, how are we going to fix this? Uh, and John goes, I'll fix it. And Tyrion goes, no, I'll have to go talk to Cersei. You know, everybody kind of guilt trips John. You know, again, John, you're just too darn heroic and handsome, man. Even down here with a big Ikea belt, Ikea pelts. And Tyrion goes, okay, let me go by solo and check in with Cersei. Cersei. So then we see Tyrion walking with Sir Gregor behind him. And he runs into Jamie out front. He goes, uh, bro, what's up? Uh, and he goes, hey, good luck with that, man. Uh, he goes, I love you. I don't think they actually say they, I don't know. Let me see what they say because I don't quite remember. He says, what's the temperature there? And Jamie says, I got kicked out. And he goes, uh, she thinks I was an idiot for trusting you. A lot of people think that. And Tyrion goes, I'm about to go in with my sister who's dangerous and doesn't like me. Who's the fool? And Jamie goes, huh? I don't know. I guess this is goodbye then, probably. One idiot to another. And Jamie goes, have you seen these shoulder pads? Just in case. Look at how sharp they are with the lions. Uh, and he goes, go ahead. Good luck. Uh, he goes, this is just foreshadowing for me, this episode. And then Tyrion does a slow walk in. Real slow. Jamie looks behind him, still thinking. And Tyrion even pauses at the threshold. And he goes in. Sir Gregor closes the doors behind him. Uh, light streaming in. This is a bit like the end of the original Willy Wonka. Cersei's sitting at a table, like a desk. I mean, and it really reminded me of a Gene Wilder moment. Uh, she says, yeah, I shouldn't be surprised, I guess, that you're within... Uh, uh, like uh, like in a foreign usurper, and Jamie or Tyrion goes, yeah, someone you can't pick on, and so it must be tough for you. And your pet northerner, you got uh, everybody trying to met. You're just trying to help them make my life difficult and ruin our family. And uh, Tyrion goes, you know what? I've been trying to bring peace here. Uh, just, uh, the Khaleesi wasn't about that. Uh, he goes, don't project on me. And Cersei says, what about dad? Uh, he goes, what was I supposed to do about dad? Uh, and Cersei blames uh, Tyrion for everything. So poor little man, your papa was mean to you. Uh, she goes, you, you, she goes, you really blew it. Because if papa was here, he would have uh, totally kept me and my family safe. Uh, and see, now I'm in charge. And uh, maybe she's being honest. She's like, if if uh, uh, Tyrion, uh, Tywin never left, uh, she would have never been in charge. Uh, so maybe that's what she's most mad about. I'm not sure. She doesn't say that. But, I mean, it's clear by the end of this episode she can't help herself. Uh, and Tyrion says, listen, if you don't want to work with me, tell Sir Gregor to kick me out. Let's do it. Uh, 
Let's end this right now. Uh, if you want to blame me for everything, uh, make me pay for it. Uh, so they have a showdown because he says, she says, like, uh, fine, blame me. And then, like, uh, they then he pounds a glass of wine because he's like, uh, oh, boy, that was so awkward. Uh, almost getting taken out. Uh, so then he, and he pours a glass of wine for Circe and for himself. It was also interesting. They both had the same, uh, like, kind of outfits on, very similarly dressed. Uh, and he says, listen, let me apologize. Let me try again. Uh, and he goes, do you have a heart? Because, uh, 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 and seriously, goes, she's, like, it's just interesting after watching it a few times. But uh, seriously, goes, I don't care about your feelings or your love or why you do things. Uh, I only care at the cost to my family and my future. And Tyrion goes, if you don't care, then why am I here? Uh, and Cersei goes, I don't know, because uh, I'm up to crafty stuff. Uh, and she, Cersei goes, well, what do you want? Uh, to make Jon Snow your queen? Uh, to submit to your queen? Is that what you want for everybody? He goes, yeah, because uh, she's a good queen. she make the world a better place. Uh, and I'm going to try to help her uh, check her impulses. Uh, he goes, and she knows that, uh, and unlike you. Seriously, so goes, I don't care about checking my worst impulses, but then we do a little uh, reveal that she's pregnant, uh, uh, which I think she did uh, to trick Tyrion, maybe. And seriously, so goes, I saw that dragon. Uh, uh, she goes, yeah, I don't want dra dragons near anybody. Uh, she goes, maybe I'll hit the road with Euron, uh, get on a boat out of here. And uh, Tyrion goes, where are you leading me? He goes, oh, wait, you're pregnant? Uh, you just want to protect your baby, eh? Well, I think we can help with that and negotiate it, huh? Uh, then we have John uh, playing with bones in the boneyard. As they say, 1077, the bone here, boning in the boneyard. And Khaleesi comes up on him. And he says, uh, man, we look good out here, don't we? And she goes, this dragon pits the pits. Uh, he goes, yeah, I'm sorry. He goes, I'm not very good with uh, doing it. He goes, I'm not very graceful with lying uh, to police people. He goes, check out this bone, by the way. And she goes, jeez, he can't believe this. Uh, the dragons were great, and then they were stuck here, and they were little. And now they're filled. She goes, they filled people with wonder and awe. And then people forgot about them. Maybe this is important parts of uh, humanity or dragons. Uh, she says, we weren't extraordinary without them. We we're just like everybody else. Uh, and John goes, you're not like everybody else. Uh, you're pretty darn great. Uh, and he goes, by the way, have you thought about those babies? We've been talking about the babies. Uh, he goes, are you sure you can't have babies? And she goes, yeah. He goes, who told you that? And she goes, well, W-A-T-I-T-C-H. Uh, and John goes, well, what if she was wrong? Uh, reliable source of information, <laughs> which, you know, just has a lot of uh, meaning later. She goes, I don't know. She goes, I should have trusted you from the beginning. He goes, maybe we could trust each other now. Uh, but I don't know what that means. Uh, she goes, we can't kiss here. Uh, she goes, we we, we got to figure out something. She goes, I don't know what to do. We got the north. We got Circe. 
And John goes, just like Tyrion says, we're aft, uh, we're really aft. Uh, and then Cersei comes back, uh, our first Tyrion comes back alone and walks in. And he looks a little stressed, you know. And they're all like, well, what happened? And then uh, Cersei comes uh, right behind him with uh, Sir Gregor and Jamie and Clyburn. And she says, listen, we're going to help uh, all the Lannisters. Totally, 100%, we're committed uh, to your cause. 100% uh, pregnant, uh, 100% really beautiful dress I'm noticing as she's coming up now. And uh, she goes, yeah, my armies aren't going to stand down. They're going to stand up uh, for against the northern invasion. And she goes, the north of the Great War, we're in it. Uh, count us in. Uh, she goes, rah, 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 sis, boom, bah. Let's get this together, yada, yada, yada. And then she goes, hopefully when we're done, you'll remember I helped, uh, despite you not promising me 70% of uh, Westeros. Uh, or you're not just confirmed that. Thank you. And she says, let's rock this thing. What do you say? Yeah, then we see a bird, uh, what do you call that? A raven or something bringing in a, no- a note uh, into Winterfell. And Sansa's tapping it. And Baelish is, you said, hey, what's up? Uh, uh, and she says, uh, well, John, like, uh, surrendered to the Northern Crown. Uh, it was a lost my place. So Sansa's tapping and Bailey. She's like, "Hey, what's up, your brother?" Yeah, bent the knee for Khaleesi. Uh, here she's gorgeous. Uh, Sansa goes, "Who cares?" Uh, and Bailey she goes, "Well, they're probably making out and stuff. Uh, isn't that like uh, they're gonna get married and then forget about you?" And Sansa says, "Huh." And Bailey she goes, "You wouldn't be able to stop it then. Uh, he'd be king and." Uh, I guess you'd just be like whatever the sister of the king is or the king, you know, the king uh, regent, uh, be sister regent. Uh, you got to stop that. And she goes, uh, Ari wouldn't go for that, dude. Ari's all about John, all about family. And Bailey, she goes, you're a family, though. Uh, and Sansa goes, do you know who, like, what Bravos and the House of Black and White are and all that? Uh you know, the, the, she, Sansa goes, that's, they're tough stuff, and Arya's part of them. And then Baelish does his, like, uh, he does some serious Baelish. She goes, she goes, what is he up to? He goes, well, she's your sister. He goes, you know her pretty good. I, I play this game. He, he likes to play a lot of games, but, uh, he says, sometimes when I try to understand a person's motives, uh, he goes, uh, I assume, like, the worst-case scenario, uh, what do they want? He really draws this out of her in some subjective, subjective way, sub- suggestive way. He goes, if you assume they have the worst motives, then you follow them. And you say, okay, how does this explain uh, what they say, like, what they're saying and what they're doing? And when you watch this again, when you watch Sansa's acting, it's a really powerful uh but at first, it just seems like he's leading her blindly along, uh, like suggesting stuff, but having Sansa answer instead of him. Like, was she here? Why is she at Winterfell? Cause me trouble. Uh, tell on me. And Baelish even sits up. He's like, I think uh, uh, you, like, I got her. And he goes, why'd she steal those letters? And Sansa goes, sit telling me for proof. Uh, 
uh, totally bust me with John and everybody. And Bailey goes, what happens if she, she, he goes, do you think she would take your job as queen of the north or whatever, uh, queen regent of the north, uh, whatever it might be, lady of Winterfell, Sansa says. And Bailey says, hmm, interesting look. Uh, he doesn't have to say that. He just does it. And Sansa goes, huh, it's awful look. Uh, then we're at Dragonstone. It's misty there. And they're going over the plan uh, to, to get to Winterfell. Jorah gets his lines there, so he says, Hey, Khaleesi, I don't want you, uh, because you should take the dragon because uh, people are going to be like, uh, and John goes, No, you got to ride with me. Uh, you sail with me. Earn the respect of the Northerners. Sion's watching everything in a thoughtful way. I think they just had to get Jorah some lines. Uh, but there's a lot of more thoughtful looks uh, about the Khaleesi's riding with John. Including, like, Tyrion's got a lot of looks that I can't figure out anymore. Is he falling in love with the Khaleesi, or is he just really taking his job seriously? Uh, but so they decide to go north, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't know if that's Ryder, uh, Ryder the Big Farm or whatever, but uh, Khaleesi's like, all right, I'm going to go with you, and uh, we'll do good. She, she kind of looks, uh, like, a little excited or something. Then they're in the throne room, and Theon asks to speak to John alone. And it's kind of reminded me, like, of his seventies. This is like a little bit Star Trek, Star Wars, like, and uh, a little bit of a seventies feel. Theon's character always has to me. But Theon says, "Hey, yeah, this is this season my shot of redemption or next season?" John says, "Next season, but I'm gonna give you a taste of redemption. We got a complicated thing." I really feel for Theon's character. I really can relate to somebody that makes a lot of uh, bad choices, you know, and that wants to get it right but never can seem to do so. I really, really, I really, really almost over-relate to it. Uh, and, uh, you know, Theon says, she said, like, I, I want to be get it right, and I just never been able to, and then it's gotten tougher and tougher and tougher. And John goes, listen, I can only forgive you for what I can forgive you for, which is, you know, you've been, you've done, you've done a lot of people wrong, uh, but I can forgive you for, and he goes, I can forgive and almost forget, uh, my parts, uh, if that'll help, I'll even pat your back maybe, but I know it's not an easy load to bear, man, uh, so I don't know what else to tell you, uh, and, you know, it's a tough spot to be in. And you see, and goes, well, my sister's still in a bit of a pickle. Uh, she, you know, she's the one that always seemed to, you know, she always, no matter what, stuck up for me. And I mean, I should go, go, go help her. Uh, and John goes, well, yeah, if you do it, then what are you waiting around here for? What are you asking me about it? Uh, uh, you get to it. Uh, let's see what his exact line is here. I think it's just like, what are you waiting around here for? Uh, he says, she needs me now. And then, John, yeah, John says, why are you talking to me? And John walks off. Uh, and at the end, stares after him for a moment, saying, okay, I guess this is my shot at redemption, maybe. Uh, Theon has a quiet, awful moment thinking on that. Then he goes down to the um, beach, uh, sees the rest of the Ironborn, says, what's up, dudes? Uh, and the guy says, uh, like the head guy says, you got to be able to do a Hulk Hogan imitation. Like, there's all the rocks behind him that look like dragon spines, which is cool. 
Anthean says, I can do a Hulk Hogan imitation, actually. And Anthean says, hey, let's go get my sister Yara, everybody. Uh, it ends up, it's like kind of also a throwback to the discussion with Brian and Jamie at the beginning, which was a little bit funny. And Theon splashes some water in his face, uh, get, you know, get it together. Then we see Sansa on the ramparts looking good in a hood, but she's looking concerned in a hood now. And she's looking out, the snow's falling, she closes her eyes, makes a choice, or centers herself, um, and she tells some dude, bring my sister to the Great Hall. And then we're in the Great Hall, all the, uh, I don't know, old breastplates there, the maester, yeah, that looks like a monk. I don't, I don't know, did I have a nickname for him? He's pretty tall. And Ari comes in with some of the um, northern soldiers. Brand's there at a sit table with Sansa looking serious. Uh, and they close the door, and Ari stands in the middle of the room. Everybody's, everybody has a serious look on their face. Uh, but Ari looks chill, but like, hey, what's going on? Her hands are behind her back. Actually, she does, she looks, look, does look a little upset. All the soldiers looks a little scared for a moment. And Baelish looks a sigh. And she goes, you sure, you sure about this, Sansa? And Sansa goes, uh, yeah, it's what honor demands, uh, not what I want to do. And Arya says, what does honor demand? And she goes, stick up for the pack, uh, for the wolf pack, uh, against those who would mess with the wolf pack. Uh, and Arya says, all right, go for it and get on with it. And we kind of knew because it's like there's no way this could go down this way. So Ari goes, well, Ari, uh, she goes, uh, she doesn't say Ari. She goes, you're in trouble. You remember my my aunt? Uh, and then she goes, Lord Baelish. She goes, are you sure what honor demands? At 5720, she goes, yeah, you're in trouble. You mess with my aunt. You mess with my cousin, uh, Lord Baelish. Uh, I mean, and uh, Ari has this great look at that uh, uh, where she says, Lord Baelish. Yeah, really for something you could kind of see coming, like, ideally, uh, it was great, because Baelish is like, what? Arya's grinning. And then Baelish does, like, a double take, uh, and uh, he goes, wait a second, does a triple take, uh, and he goes, you gotta be kidding me. And then Arya says, my sister asked you a question, dude. And Baelish is like, whoa, whoa, uh, Sansa, uh, I'm confused, uh. And Sansa goes, which charges confuse you? Well, what about my aunt? That could be the easiest one. Or what about her husband? Or what about starting trouble between the Lannisters and my family? Uh, what about messing with my dad? And Baelish goes, this is all circumstantial. Uh, what are you talking about? Uh, no one here saw anything. He goes, your aunt was a troubled woman. He goes, everywhere else, uh, there was no one to see anything. So I don't know, like, unless you got yourself a three-eyed raven, oh, so raven. And Rain goes, dude, I am a three-eyed raven, oh, so raven. I was there. I've seen you You talk to my dad and say, hey, don't trust me. I told you not to trust me. I told you you said you'd try to uh, whatever. And Ari's like, do you, or Sansa goes, do you deny it? Uh, he goes, yeah, I deny it all. No one knows the truth. This was before the Three-Eyed Raven stuff. Uh, and then the Three-Eyed Raven stuff comes in. Bran says, dude, I saw it all. Remember, chaos is a ladder, bro. 
And Arya goes, by the way, you told our mom that it was Tyrion's. This was Tyrion's, but it's really yours. Uh, and Bran goes, I knew this was going to happen. And then uh, she goes, Sansa, I loved your mom, but I love you too. Uh, all I've tried to do is help you, even the stuff. He goes, just can we talk alone for a minute? I, I got to talk to you solo. Uh, just like a high school boyfriend, uh, I got to get, you know, I get to, I'll talk to you without your friends here. And uh, Sansa goes, you know what? When I'm in this situation, I like to play a little game. Uh, I try to imagine uh, the worst uh, motivations uh, somebody has. Uh, and she goes, student has become the master, uh, Lord Baelish. Uh, she goes, I'm a slow learner. Uh, well, first she says, what's the worst? What, what was your worst motivation? Oh, you want me versus Arya. That's what you do. Turn family against one another. And Arya walks to the uh, Sansa side of the room and stares at Lord Baelish. She goes, yeah, I'm a slow learner. It's true, but I learn. And uh, Baelish says, how about a chance to defend myself or leave? And she goes, Lord Breastplate, let's get out of here. And Lord Breastplate says, uh, sorry, bro. He, he goes, you, we all know. And Baelish even has a tear in his eye. And then he falls to his knees. He tries that. Uh, Sansa, I beg you. He goes, I loved your mother. I loved you. And Sansa goes, you didn't behave. Your actions did not uh, match up with your words. Uh, he goes, well, I loved you more than anyone. Sansa goes, and yet you're a jerk. Uh, and Sansa goes, when you brought me to Winterfell, you said there's no justice unless we make it. Uh, and then she says, it's just us, uh, Starks, and no Baelishes, uh, goodbye, you go to the big farm, bye-bye. And Baelish is uh, like, uh, he, he says, oh boy, I thought I was going to trick everybody, and I didn't. And uh, we see this uh, power moment where the three sibs kind of take power, and uh, like everybody says, okay, now the Starks are in the, his house, uh, in the winter, the winter has, the winter fell, winter falls at the end of the episode in a few minutes. And then we go back to the uh, courtyard and Jamie's on the map with the Lannisters generals, like planning everything out. Uh, he goes, we got three days. Uh, we got to get moving. Uh, he goes, we got to get moving fast. Uh, Lord Harrowaystown, that's where we're going to meet, meet up. Uh, answers, he goes, Sir Jamie. And they go, your grace, everybody bows. Uh, and Cersei says, I got to talk to my brother alone. And she goes, what are you doing? Jamie goes, preparing the expedition. She goes, you really are the dumbest Lannister. She goes, that was a lie, the dummy. She goes, the Starks and Targaryens are jerks. So we're not going to help them. She goes, are you a traitor or an idiot? Uh, and Jamie goes, you said your word. Uh, Cersei goes, I don't, my word means nothing. She goes, I don't want to help any of them. Uh, no, and uh, Jamie goes, what about the dude, uh, in the box? Uh, and the Cersei goes, you know what? I think she's short one dragon. And she goes, uh, who cares? Uh, and Jamie goes, she goes, Jamie goes, what about, uh, he goes, this is, uh, and Cersei goes, I'm, I'm playing for me. And uh, Jamie goes, but there's no play. He goes, uh, either the people who come from the north or the, like uh, Dick, uh, Khaleesi becomes queen. And Cersei goes, our child's going to rule Westeros. And Jamie goes, no. And Cersei goes, yeah, every, all the stories from our kid childhood came true. 
Uh, it's all real. She goes, but I don't care. Uh, let them deal with it. I'm going to be down here in denial. We got a river of denial. And she goes, and then we're going to rule down here. And that's her team. He goes, it doesn't, he goes, yeah. He goes, either it's trouble or trouble, seriously. Uh, there's no, he goes, there's no other option other than to help. Uh, and seriously goes, uh, like, uh, well, she, she only, I only saw two dragons, so something's going on. Uh, and uh, then she, Jamie goes, uh, I don't get it. And she seriously goes, well, she was just showing off. What a show off. Uh, he goes, we don't have any support. Uh, and seriously goes, yeah, we got the Iron Bank. Uh, they're going to help us. Yeah, you should have listened to Father. Gold is where it's at. I know it's boring for you, and you're not that smart. Uh, but she goes, I learned about gold in the Iron Bank, Jamie. We're going to get the uh, Essos uh, Army, the Golden Company. Uh, 20,000 men, horses, and elephants. Uh, Jamie goes, they're in Essos. Uh, and Cersei goes, yeah, that's where uh, Euron went. Uh, I sent him there. It was bad acting. And Jamie's totally shocked because uh, she says, you think he's going to miss his chance to marry the queen? No one walks away from me. And Jamie's like, uh, he finally gets it. Thank goodness, uh, you know, because we need another handsome man on our side. Uh, yeah, Jamie finally feels the sting of a trail here. He says, I can't believe uh, you didn't tell you didn't fill me in on this. Uh, you conspired without me. And Cersei goes, you're against me. You conspired against me. And Jamie goes, I gave my word. I intend to honor my pledge. Uh, and Cersei goes, that's treason. I'm commanding you to stay here. And Jamie says, that's it. He goes, uh, well, it doesn't matter what I'd call it. Uh, I'm out. And Sir Gregor stands in his way. And we get a call back. Cersei goes, no one walks away from me. And Jamie goes, are you kidding me? Uh, I think you are. I think you're bluffing now. He goes, I'm the only one you have left. Uh, and she goes, uh, there's one more yet to come. And Jamie goes, okay, then do it or I'm out of here. And he walks off. Uh, he goes, he, he's really heartbroken. Really good. Really, really good. Uh, watching both the reactions, uh, is the first Cersei, it seems like she's like gonna kiss Jamie goodbye. And Jamie, like he, he says, uh, but then he goes, I don't believe it. He, he, he walks off. Uh, and Cersei walks after him a few steps. Her hands are like really, uh, her body language is just masterful. Like that she's also stuck, uh, that she can't control herself. She wants to call him back and. And she even kind of reaches one of her arms out, uh, but he's gone. And we see Jamie on horseback. He puts his glove over his uh, golden hand. He's no longer in his land. He's back in his leather. Uh, and a snowflake uh, lands. And we see it's snowing in uh, uh, King's Landing. And snow flurries. And snow flurries across King's Landing uh, tonight, all night. Uh, accumulation of uh, two to three inches. Uh, may turn to uh, snow showers on the uh, King's Road. And even in the Dragon's Pit, we have uh, about two to three inches expect expect expected to accumulate. 
Uh, so please uh, walk and drive slowly, especially on cobblestone. And yeah, it's kind of nice, like multiple shots of the big city and uh, the snow coming. And even the courtyard at uh, Red Keep uh, with the big map. Uh, and we see, wow, there's a lot of people that live there. Uh, then we're back in Westeros and Sam Tarley, our favorite, your favorite Tarley, my favorite Tarley. Him, Gilly, and little Sam roll in. And then Bran sitting in front of a fire, being weird. Uh, Sam knocks on the door. Bran says, come on in, uh, Samuel Tarley. Sam goes, I can't believe you remember me. He goes, I remember everything. And Sam goes, hmm. This is, let me give you a time stamp on this. Uh, 108, uh, a lot of uh, gifable moments. He goes, uh, what happened to you beyond the wall? Uh, he goes, you're a good man, Tarly, right? Sam goes, I guess I'm okay. And he goes, what happened to you beyond the wall? And Bran goes, I became the three-eyed raven. And it, like... <laughs> Uh, really good stuff. Sam goes, oh, how nice for you almost. And he goes, actually, I don't know what that means. Uh, Bran goes, I can see things from the past. I can see things now all over the world. And Bran goes, well, why are you here? And Sam goes, oh, maybe you should tell me. I thought I was here to help John. He's he's the leader. Uh, he goes, I know he is, and I know he needs help. Uh, so I'm here to help. And Bran goes, well, he's on his way here with uh, Daenerys Targaryen. And Sam goes, whoa, did you see this in a vision? He goes, no, I got a scroll here. He goes, but, uh, he goes, uh, we got to break some news to him. He goes, he needs to know the truth. Uh, and Sam's like, what? And he goes, well, he goes, only I know. Bran says this. Uh, he goes, John isn't uh, his father's son. He goes, he's the son of Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. Uh, he was born in Dorne, and my father picked him up. So he's not really Jon Snow. He's Jon Sand. And uh, Sam goes, I got a critical piece of information, dude. He goes, he's not a Sand. In the High Septon's diary, Rhaegar and Elia were married. Or Lyanna. He goes, yeah, Rhaegar and Lyanna were married. And he goes, Bran says, sure, are you sure? And Sam says, can't you check? Uh, he goes, oh, yeah, let me check it out. And we see a nice little wedding. Uh, Father Smith, warrior, mother, maiden, crone, stranger. And we see Rhaegar and Lyanna. And then Bran stops and finally hears his Lyanna whisper to Ned. Uh, that uh, John's real name is Rhaegar Targaryen, or Aegon Targaryen, and that Robert's Rebellion and the whole thing that for Cersei is not good news for Cersei. Uh, then John is knocking at the Khaleesi's door, a beautiful dra inlaid dragon on the door, and Elsie says he loved her and she loved him, a classic love story. And the Khaleesi open opens the door, they lock eyes, uh, you know, right as we're finding out they're related, they're going to, um, you know, they feel John closes the door fast because they feel like making uh, sweet, sweet love. And they do. Uh, meanwhile, Tyrion's watching from down the hall. I mean, not he's just watching the door. Again, a lot of candles. Uh, I don't know who's in charge of these candles. Uh, that's when Bran realizes uh, his father knew that... Uh, uh, John was Rhaegar Targaryen, Aegon Targaryen, 
And I guess that the Khaleesi's his aunt, uh, which is uh, interesting, I guess. Uh, needless to say, to say the least, uh, uh, they kind of lock eyes. Uh, and we kind of see them share a moment of, uh, I guess, like uh, uh, love. I don't know. It, it was a. It was like uh, they're really looking into each other's eyes. Uh, but maybe there was enough there. It didn't, it was, it seemed like it was good acting that it was old enough. Like, do I love you or am I just, are we just both incredibly beautiful people? And this is a stressful situation. And we get another shot of Tyrion just watching, uh, uh, being like, oh boy. And Bran's like, we got to break the news to him. We got to tell him. Then we see the uh, Khaleesi ship out on the water in the moonlight, uh, sailing off. Uh, then we go to the ramparts of Westeros, and uh, Arya and Sansa are talking. Hey, you okay? Yeah, it's just weird, though. Uh, Sansa goes, I really did think he loved me in his own weird way, like all high school boyfriends. Uh, and Arya goes, you did the right thing. And Sansa goes, you did it. And it's kind of a callback to the thing, because one passed the sentence and one took care of the business, which is different than Ned said. And Ari goes, you're the lady of Winterfell. And Sansa goes, is that cool with you? Ari goes, yeah, I didn't want to be a lady. I wanted to be something else. Uh, and she says, you know, I know it's tough for you, Sansa. I don't think I could have made it. And Ari goes, yeah, you could have. You're the strongest person I know. Sansa says that to Arya. Arya says, well, that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. And Sansa goes, don't get used to it. Uh, she goes, you're still very strange and annoying, which I love because that's the truth. Uh, and it's how siblings talk to each other. Some do. And then Arya says, in winter, we must protect ourselves, look after one another. And Sansa goes, oh, that was dad's uh, favorite saying. And Arya goes, yeah, I miss him. And uh, Sansa says, when the snows fall, you know, the lone wolf doesn't do good, but the pack does great. Uh, we're pack now, baby. And we're going to need it, uh, because, uh, like, uh, they say, yeah, we missed dad, but we're wolf back or dire wolf back. Uh, then the camera heads north, uh, it lifts up above the walls over the ramparts. We look, uh, first we visit the God's wood and Brian's kind of waiting for that tree. He said, I put two quarters in this friggin' tree. It's supposed to sing a song. Uh, or tell me a story and it's doing nothing and just staring at it. So he goes on uh, Raven's Watch with the birds. And I'm not sure if this is the last we see a Tormund and Beric Dondarrion, but they're out looking over the wall. See a lot of cool shots of the wall at Eastwatch. Uh, really get an idea of all the craftsmanship that went into that thing. And they look out, and then finally all the northerners come. Uh, uh, to the edge of the thing, horns are blowing, everybody's getting ready. You know, Barrack and Tormund are like, it's too high up here. I don't think anybody could get used to it. Uh, and they say, why are the, like, we see all the uh, masses of, uh, you know, the dudes on the horses and everything, but they're not doing anything. And then uh, we see why, because then the, the, the king... Uh, like, uh, has a new pet called Frostbite or something. And Frostbite says, like, I'm going to huff, I'm going to puff, I'm going to blow down this wall. 
And I said, what is that, like lightning or something, or lightning, isling? My brother called it feist, which I think is pretty good, feist, F-I-C-E. But so the whatever the dragon whose name, since I can only remember Drogon's name anyway, has become frostbite and is ridden by the the the, the night but our night night king, uh, in 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 a room with no curtains, no but like uh, so they blow the wall down, and it's very dramatic, really cool. Yeah, uh, everybody's running around saying, "Jesus, what are we gonna do?" And then the wall's down, and everybody just walks through it. Giants, uh, walkers, and people uh, in snow. And that's how the season comes to a close, with uh, like a gaping hole in the wall and uh, lines and lines coming through. So that's it uh, for this episode. We'll do a recap of the season next week, and we'll have this week's facts next week. Because uh, so, uh, this is a pretty long episode. Uh, Really good, a really good season, and uh, a long, long winter. Uh, when winter's here, even in uh, even in King's Landing, uh, you know, either good night or let's keep the show going. Okay, Batman. Okay, are you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, we interrupt this uh, uh, program. Uh, cats, the cats and cats and kids—they're all great. Like with a special, uh, like a uh, paid-for pro- program. Uh, sorry, Tom. I'm so, don't stare at me though when I'm trying to record. Uh, Cape Bounce Radio brings you this very special program. Everyday amazing solutions to everyday problems. Uh, we're honored. Cape Bounce Radio, the radio of cats and boys that are best friends. Cape Bounce Radio. Oh, also, it's not just uh, cats and everyone. Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm your uh, host, uh, Berlinghofer Rasmussen, a time traveler, futurist, uh, and friend to all people and cats, uh, but only cats, uh, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary. They're the best friends with cats or shoppers for everyday solutions to amazing problems. Oh, I'm just like the podman there. And I'm here with my partner, Gene. Gene, say hello to the audience. Oh, yes. What, 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 what product and solution do we have today, Gene? Well, Gene, you know what it's like out there. Whether you're living in the future, well, I'll tell you what, everybody, I got good news from the future. Uh, Berlinghofer Rasmussen has been there. And the future's a lot kinder. Uh, a lot kinder, and it's a wonderful place to be. Not like when my mother, my mother. And the blue-faced man, you know, or where people are laughing at you, or where people are full of frowny faces, like here in the Podman's apartment. And that's why we at Burning Heart for Industries and Cape Bounce Radio subsidiary, we had, you know, I went to the future to try to find a, a cure or something for frowny face, frowny face syndrome, F F F F S, ladies and gentlemen, because I know a man who has it every day. Also, I don't know the thing in his forehead uh, pinch uh, fr- from frowny face. F, F forehead pinch. I don't think that's a syndrome though. Forehead pinch. His forehead is pinched because he's always frowning. You may know him as the Podman. I know him as Mister Frowny Face. 
And I said, well, he is an everyday problem that needs an amazing solution. And maybe everybody else could benefit from it. A little bit more kindness like we have in the future where everybody smiles. And they say, so I said to, I said to the worlds I try, I said, on this planet, do you smile all the time? And at one planet, they said, we're gelatinous based people. We don't have mouths. And I said, do you, and then they said, but yes, we do. We do it. Uh, they, they do this thing where they take a gelatinous part, kind of like if you, know, you, you could figure it out. If an amoeba could smile, what would they do? That's what this planet, how they did it there. And yes, there was another planet where paramecium could smile, but they were giant and this, they were land-based. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I said to the future, I, I traveled from planet to planet. And then I realized I'd have to re, because someone said, you just repurpose. I said, be quiet and spend your money. K-Pounce, K-Pounce Radio needs your support. And I decided to, to get to work in my my, my studio uh, workshop with Gene. How hard were we working in this solution? Yes, and Gene, you love this. You use it more for contemplation. But I invented the Smileizer. That's the Smileizer. It's patented, patent, patent pending. And it's just available for a short, short time here at Cape Ounce Radio. What if there was something? much like a picture that you could hang on your wall, that you could put somewhere or more than one place we'll talk about when we're here to make the deals, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, and frowny-paced people everywhere. It's time to be kind, and the one way to do it is a smileizer. Now, I've been testing this on the Podman, and you couldn't get, pick a better beta group than this uh, frowny-faced man. And I placed a Smileizer's all over his home. And Smileizer comes with a book written in crayon for now uh, by our trainees here at the, the Cape Ounce uh, Exercise Institute, which will train you. Because first you're going to say, I'm going to frown even more when you first start using the Smileizer. Or it might make you feel more frowny on the inside. These are all things I observed with the Podman. But then what you do is you take it like a crayon and you draw a, 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 this comes actually built in. I forgot you're right, Gene. Gene just pawed me. That's what makes it the smileizer. I almost was going to say, they would say, it's just a mirror. Okay. Oh, that's too early. Sorry, Podman. Gene, could you distract the audience for one second? Thanks, Gene. So I'm back there from that short break to distract you. So we put the smileizer to work on this regular frowny, oh, I'm overusing that phrase, a grouch, you could say. And after a time, he's, the plasticity of his brain, as they say, started to take hold. And he actually has begun to smile. So I would ask you at home, if it could work on the Podman, it can work on anyone. Here's a couple questions, you know, as you think about whether you're going to get out your wallet or not. Uh, do, you, do you have a frown? Do you frown a lot? Do you ever just feel frowny? And they could mean anything, you know, just write, Gene, tell them what it means to feel frowny. Right, if you ever feel like that, Gene, can you do another one? If you ever felt frowny in your entire life, do you ever say, well, did you ever get a smile? 
and you didn't even know you needed one. And you say, oh boy, that just made my day, that smile. Or you are out in the world and you accidentally smile. Or you're someone like my, my, my father figure, Ray, who smiles all the time. And you give a smile out and it makes someone else smile or just feel good on the inside. That's the power of the smile. But you can't sell a smile, believe it or not, because I looked into that. But what we've been able to design here to be sold here is the Smileizer, which will create ways for you to smile. You just put it on your wall, and every day you go in front of the Smileizer. Ideally, put it in places where you're already going to be. And not only will it show you with the simple, simple lines of how to smile, it'll remind you of if you're frowny, which would you rather be, smiling or frowning? And if you're the pod man, most of the time you say, well, I got a good reason, he says, blah, blah, blah. But eventually the smile can't be denied. Now, I just want to say something to the naysayers out there that have been naysaying all my products and uh, mud and other things. Uh, Gene, what do you have to say to the naysayers? Rice rang. Right, I'd like it to rice rain on you. If it rained rice on you... That would teach you, but how about this? It's not a mirror, it's a smileizer. And I would challenge you, naysayers, to purchase no refunds, by the way, on these, especially if you break them. These ones give you good luck, uh, but, but you know, you want to smile, so you're not going to want to break your smileizer. Go ahead and buy a set of smileizers, then compare it to your mirror, and you'll see it's two different things. And you might say, well, technically, and I'd say, well, yes, we're taking the technology of mirrors and adding. Uh, the, the smileization it go, undergoes a smileization technique, uh, hand handcrafted smileization for each product we sell here at the uh, Berlinghofer Institute. Now, Gene, what would you say is a fair price uh, if for the people to change their lives with smiles? And I mean, what is the price to save the? We know the smileizer is going to change the course of human history. We are since I've been in the future. So what would be the cost you would pay to be a part of human history? The flourishing, I think that's the word they use, uh, the flourishing of human history. It's written, you know, under the statues of me, all my customers, uh, inside the, the, you know, maybe, uh, the listing of your names. Uh, Gene, how much would you pay to be a part? I mean, you're already a part of history, Gene. Holy moly. Greatest cat that's ever been made. But, Gene, if you weren't Gene, or Sapounce, oh, thank you for that lick, Sapounce, uh, what would you pay? Man, oh, man. Yeah, 7000 I would agree. Uh, so let me see what the booth. Booth, how does it sound? One smileizer for $7,000. They said no, Gene. They said lower. Okay, let's just cut to the cheese. As, like if, oh, here's some cheese for you, Gene, because you're so nice. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you, you, you're not here with the live studio audience. Gene is smiling, and Gene's using the smileizer while Gene eats cheese. Now, for some, if you're a cat like Gene, you may use it for also contemplation. Yeah, but it, you know that's just a bonus that comes for free. So not seven thousand. Let's go to 1995. Uh, should we just go straight there? Oh, we should. Okay, so we're there. Oh, okay. Let's uh, say. Uh, Two smileizers, one for you, one for your family. Nineteen ninety-five plus shipping and handling. How's that sound, everyone? 
Well, of course not, broadcast booth. That's not good enough. Oh, no. What should we throw in? Can we throw anything in? Oh, what, what is this? A patented smileizer. Now, this is only available with the purchase of two or more smileizers, of course. Uh, but the smile, your own smileizer plussing, decorating, and spreading smiles kits where you could go to other mirrors and you could temporarily transform them into smileizers for people in the public. Uh, this could be a trend. This is the trend that changes humanity, but only if you purchase these two mirrors. And now, uh, so you'll get a kit. Now, the, the kit is from the, from the 99 cent store. So like Crayolas, but not Crayolas, that you could use uh, to plus your smileizer or create your own smileizers temporarily in public places. It changed the world. Make it more kind. What could be better? I wish they had, my mother had a smileizer for the blue-faced man, but it doesn't matter. Uh, so get in your payments because this offer's only good right now when you're hearing this or when you decide to call. Uh, call uh, the Berlinghofer Institute. You know the number because I do, I do not. Uh, I've actually been banned from using the phones and the Internet, uh, unfortunately. Even Ray has said I have to have my own boundaries. But that's it, the smile eyes are changing humanity one smile at a time here at the Berlinghofer Institute. We started with the Podman. Smiles, spread them around. They're free. Smileizers are not free. They also include an unspecified shipping and handling charge, which could be, you know, due to the delicate nature of, you know, delivering smile technology to your home. Oh, also an installation fee, remote installation fee, I'm hearing unspecified at this time but after your credit card is in you will know so change change your life and change the lives of the people around you spend my honor gene do you have any last words nice man that's right it's nice to smile oh boy it is uh thank you and a good day from myself building off rasmussen and gene and that's gene that's right uh thank you okay podman we now return you to regularly scheduled programming here on K-Pounce Radio, the radio of boy, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary who are best friends with cats, uh, K-Pounce. Podman, I love how you put your hand against your, your ear, even though it's not doing anything. It makes me laugh. Uh, that was great. Uh, I love when you smile, too, by the way. Thanks, Tom. And it's too bad you just live in my brain, but it'd be great. I am smiling at you. Oh, yes, you just don't smile enough. Uh, Gene, tell the podman to smile. Okay, I smile. Good night, everybody. Uh, Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog God. It is I. You're human, hum- 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 like, uh, like, uh, I got the humiliation side of the humility. I got that down. And I got the bumbling of being humble down. And when you put it together, your humble servant to servant, uh, praying in, uh, crone, sweet, sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky Jester, Hound Dog God. I, I said it, I said it twice because you're all so nice. Uh, crone, I probably said it four times because you're not, and you're not the bore, bore kind, crone. So guys have been praying in, uh, I guess it, like I said, I said to myself this week, maybe I'll pray in as a third person, but I don't know if I can handle that, uh, 
It's kind of confusing enough. Old, old gods, new gods, newest gods, oldest of the old. Did I say bark? Bark? Did I miss you, Jester? I don't know. I think my mind, like, honestly, guys, I'm trying to pay attention. Well, that was one of the things I pray, pray, prayed in for. Yeah, yeah. Pray, pray for Drew Scoots, uh, gods. Let me try this. Uh, help him. Uh, uh, be a better listener, be a better, better at empathy, empathy and compassion and empathy, you know, help, help him like diffuse his ego or whatever it is, you know, crone. Please don't crush his ego with his ego though. They, they, he's tried that for, for many years, hasn't worked for him. And that's why I said, Hey, Scoots, why don't we try praying into old, old gods in the new? I know you see, I mean, think about it. There's a guy that's a tree. You like trees. Uh, let's sit, let's just pretend you like, you love crones. Uh, of course, that's what I said to him, gods. Uh, you love bread. You love uh, wheels that turn. You love water. You love millers. Uh, smiths, you like that sound. You like the Dragonlance uh, novels. And uh, you like to, some, you know, you, you've read the, some of the Wheel of Time. You've read you've read all the big three. Uh, uh, you know, Wheel of Time, the, the Wizard, what is it? Uh, sorry, Good Kind. I can't really like. Uh, you've read them all. You've, you haven't read them all and you've mixed them up. But you do. He loves Smiths and uh, Jesters. You know he he aspires to be one. He's grouchy like a hound. He loves trees. He's your servant, uh, Scooter Drew, and he really needs some help because he's you know he's got these issues with human beings, and I think it's you know we all know his biggest obstacle. He's himself, and. Uh, you know, like right, me too, guys. I got to tell you, I'm in, I'm in, and I'm in the inside. I'm, in, I'm in the inside man, inside Scoots and Drew, and I'm wreaking some havoc in there. And maybe I'm just calm enough to be honest with you, Crone. I can see that disapproving rocking chair look you're giving me, your hands in your lap. Uh, so I, I'll tell you, he, he's tried. So so far, guys, we've covered uh, acceptance, attention affection and this week guys it's allowing allow so crone let's allow i'm gonna allow you to be as uh you know crony as you want to be and if you want to do an album like that uh, you know all the guys like but help drew uh, be himself uh but not get in the way allow humans to be humans allow drew to be a human and let you know go with the flow um, I don't know, guys. Hey, guys, it's just, sorry, it's me. It's really hard to pray as a third person to you when I know it's being recorded. Really, uh, too many layers of thinking going into that. So I'm taking it back. I prefer, I prefer dialogues, these fireside chats we have, Crone, uh, where I can feel like I can talk to you, you know, one on, whatever, you know, one on infinity or whatever, however you like to be known as. Uh, but like my, my third person version was saying, Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, please help me. Uh, honestly, Crone, I really need, like, uh, if, if, you know, this is, I think this is what they say is this must be a new level of desperation and the positive side of desperation. 
you know, when I, I, I do have some, some something against you, Crone, I'm putting it all on the table here, or on the Afghan, as we say. And I wish I didn't. I, like, I have this squinch squanch. I wish I could just allow it and say, well, she's just, she's just, you're, you're just as, you know, she's just the archetype in your mind of a crone. Or maybe she's a crone. But maybe there's some, but, but I don't, like, once I feel that squinch squanch, uh, makes it hard crone. So I'm just being straight with you. Maybe we could accept, you know, mash up all of those things, acceptance, allowance, effect, like, uh, you know, help me, Crone. So, like, because I do that with other stuff, too. Uh, people in cars that are driving, people that frown at me when I'm frowning at them, you know, ma- ma- males that make eye contact with me. Maybe that's more of like a... Anyway, Crone, I could use your help. Please do. And I know I'm not the nicest uh, servant, uh, uh, you know, so, you know, allow me to, to, to apologize. Uh, how about that, Crone? Sorry, so serious. Usually I try to, but when I get to Barky, I'm sure. Uh, Miller, uh, oh, Miller, grinder of grains, uh, you know, uh, whatever, ger- you know, ger- de-germing and germing, whatever else you do. I think maybe I said I would pray to a farmer next week, but I don't. I don't think Miller. Uh, yeah, can you help me like like allow some growth to happen in me, and then help me harvest it? Help me harvest these life lessons, and the 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 mirror. I think the, 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 the also God. I don't know if you know. I I have I got a therapist. So I try not to make it that person into a god, but holy cow, you know, I think they call that transference. But Miller, help me to take these life lessons of these opportunities where I, you know, it's it's just me projecting on the crown, according. Also, Miller, if you ever are in our world and you go to therapy, don't bring up that you pray to the old gods and the new. And then try to have a therapy session about it because there's like, they go through, they go through a lot of notebooks. And so... You know, help me to allow myself to learn. Uh, like, uh, you know, I think, could, could you, let me save this one for the Smith. Smith, uh, hammer of anvils, uh, you know, well, you know, welder of, welder of shields, uh, buck, buckling of bucklers. You know, I've always been in a situation where I've hardened, hardened my heart, oh, Miller, or old, oh, Smith, sorry, mixer upper of words, uh, I guess I need you to soften me up. Like, can can you find an alloy that's not as hard as the ones I've been using? I believe I need a softer alloy. Uh, so if you could work on that, that'd be great. And say, well, maybe, you like, uh, you know, the T-1000 was, like, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, I know it was not real, but it was to me. And that was liquid metal. That might be too, you know, I don't know if I could handle that much liquid, but, you know, something in between that where I say, okay. And I know this was, some people say this wasn't a lead ball I used to chew on, but when I got to, like, uh, at Fort Stanwix, when I bought the fake musket uh, uh, bullet, I used to chew on that, and that maybe it was pewter. I don't know, soft. So maybe something like that, Miller or Smith. Thank you. Uh, Barky. Oldest of the old gods, funniest of the, all the gods. Uh, the only god, I mean, no offense to the other gods, the only god I would, you know, say he's my best BFF. 
And I don't know if that's blasphemy, but uh, if it is, you know, be, I'm your triple, your blasphemous best, I'm blasphemous, blast, you know, you know, it's a blast being your bestie, even if it's only one way, Barky. And you allow anyone to come under your branches, to come under your shade. I kind of do that with the podcast, you know, it's for everybody. Uh, but I think if I was a little chiller and nicer, you know, you know, I say like just other stuff too, like allow it not to get on my nerves. And, you know, like, so uh, can you help me with that, Barky? And help me be more like a tree. You just, you know, like they say about the reeds, that's, well, that one's so overused. And uh, you know, help me sway in the breeze. I don't need to bend or whatever the reed does. Uh, help me dance in the storm. Uh, delight with the sound of the wind going through my branches and leaves. Just like you do, Barky. You've done that for me so many times, countless times. In fact, most nights while Coe goes to the bathroom, I sit and I look at those four or five eucalyptus that are like five blocks away, uh, stand against the fog bank, and they hypnotize me with their motion. So thanks for that, Bart. By the way, let me allow me to thank you. Uh, allow me to introduce myself. My name's Humpty. Uh, anyway, Barky, sorry, uh, but uh, thanks, Barky. Allow me to say thank you. Uh, Jester... Uh, I guess allow me, like, uh, help me with this allowing thing. I've, I've always tried to use humor uh, to disallow. Is there a way to use hum- humor to allow and allow me to grow and wake and listen? This is the most serious prayers I've ever gotten to, guys. I don't know, it's like, uh, it makes you in a relaxed mood, maybe. Uh, maybe it was that third person thing broke down some barrier. But, hey, but Barky, you know, allow me to... Uh, you know, joke around a little bit less to get out of things and joke around, you know, but have that joke, you know, like be like Barky, like you are, uh, you, you, uh, you know what I mean? Please, please, uh, help me out with that. And, uh, Hound Dog God, you know, I don't know if you expect me to say this, but help me be like you a little bit and allow me to set my boundaries too and say, Hey, no, 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 I won't allow that, uh, behavior. Or I won't allow you, you know, I won't allow you, you know, I'll, I'll stay, I stand by you, uh, just like you do sometimes, hound dog. So that's it, gods, oldest of the old gods, newest to the new, crone, sweet sweet crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, hound dog, god, thank you. And, you know, allow me to come back one more week and uh, talk to you. Thanks, gods.